a podcast but evil. I'm Doug Leaf. I'm Dan Oster. And uh, this week we are talking about the Slender Man. Yes, as a couple of Slender Men. I wish. We felt, um, <laughs> we felt one like of we us. were equipped to really dig in. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking about uh, Herschel Slenderman. <laughs> I remember Slenderman. He was killed in Korea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Uh, before than what we get into too deep, Doug, though, I, I, if I may, I do. I want to shame our three or four listeners. This is a great way to start. <laughs> <laughs> I Guilt. read a, a blog about this. You know, I'm going to wag my finger at anyone listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to it a couple of times at least, it is on you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would certainly appreciate it, and it'll help us reach a wider audience, and it'll keep us making them. And we'd be happy to read them on the air, of course. Um, that and any other feedback you want to send us. But yeah, Dan's right. Uh, that's a big way to help increase our visibility is to uh, put reviews on Apple Podcasts. That is uh, uh, one of the best things we can do to help spread the word about this. So uh, if you're enjoying it, please uh, Yeah, in fact, why don't you go ahead and do that right now? We will wait. Yeah. Give it a good one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> All right. Uh, so all right, that should be enough. Let's uh, let's move on to the Slender Man because this is. Yes. Um, this is it, first of all, is it the Slender Man? I already have a question. I don't know if it's the Slender Man or just Slender Man. Um, okay. And as we, we're going to discover in this podcast, there's not a lot of rules for Slender Man. Um, right. We had sort of talked uh, off air about what we were going to cover this time, and we had sort of kicked back and forth the idea of doing. Specifically, the Slender Man, or doing like the Boogeyman generally, and th- I'm glad we settled on Slender Man because it is kind of the best of both worlds. It's a a 21st century digital Boogeyman. He's like chicks with dicks. <laughs> yes. the best of both. Worlds. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, a 21st that is, that century. That is a quote from. <laughs> I'm tempting Doug to cut these these things out of the podcast. That's from Clerks. <laughs> Chicks are ah, the best of right. the world. Yes. Um, so if you need if you need like a point of entry, that that could be it. And like clerks, the Slender Man is mostly black and white. That's the best segue. Yeah, yeah, true. I, all true. right, there's I my believe, segue. Yeah. Um, we should probably spend some time up top, really talking about what this is because it's kind of unusual and it sort of defies our format a little bit. But we can start with the usual. Um, what does Dan know about Slender Man? And before we delve into like what right. Wikipedia says about Slender Man, this is our version of jaywalking. When Jay Leno would go out and talk to idiots on the street, I am a resident. When it was idiot. funny to what run into, when it was back when it was funny to run into idiots on the street. Yeah, now I know, right sad. back before we realized what in hell they could they could Reek heap at the upon us. Box, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, all right. What do I know about the Slender Man? I don't know much. So this will be a short uh, segment. I mean, Slender Man, of course, does whatever a Slender can. Yes. As we know from the theme song. <laughs> His famous theme song. Your friendly neighborhood Slender He was bitten Man. by a radioactive Slender. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, what do I really know about it? I know that he is part, I think he was generated really in what's called creepypasta. This you, thing, creepypasta. Have you heard of this, Doug? Oh, I have. Yeah. Well, we can talk about creepypasta. You're, you're close. You're almost one step. You're like one step removed from the origin, but go ahead. Okay, well, all right. So just to define it, you know, creepypasta. To know creepypasta, you have to know copypasta. Yes. And copypasta is a kind of internet meme where people will sort of reproduce some text, but they'll alter it, and it will kind of go on into infinity and kind of get added onto or altered. Like copy-paste. Get it? Copy. There you go. Yes. Copypasta, copy-paste. Creepypasta is that, but it's horror stuff. And um, it's sort of a digital version of oral tradition in a weird way, or urban legends. You're sort of passing this story on and adding on to it. I thought that the Slender Man had sort of been associated with that idea. And it is. Um, that That's almost, like I said, it's almost the origin point. Where it actually started uh, was uh, was from the Something Awful internet forums. And if you know what somethingawful.com is, it's not as uh, salacious as the name suggests. It's mostly a comedy site. And one of the things, I don't know if they still do it, but they did it for a very long time. They would do this thing called Photoshop Fridays. And oh, there, yes. there would be a, a topic uh, and people would um, use their creativity to come up with Photoshop's to uh, Photoshop images towards that prompt. So it would be like, you know, insert di- video game characters into historical events. And you'd have, you know, uh, Lara Croft at the signing of Declaration of Independence. Something like that. Right, Mario assassinating JFK. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was a fireball thrower on the grassy knoll. Uh, <laughs> Clink! <laughs> 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 
wah, 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 wah. No, that's Pac-Man. All right, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so this one came out of a, a June 10th, 2009. You can still go on to the archives and find it. Edition where it was to take mundane images and do something to them that would make them scary. And just insert horror somehow. So they took a couple of images of... It's like a black and white image of like kids on a playground or something really just ordinary. And in the background, this guy named Eric Knudsen or Knudsen inserted a famous, it, of course, for the cottage cheese. Yes, oh, the cottage cheese air. Um, <laughs> uh, put in this picture of a figure in a uh, a suit who looks to be I don't know maybe let's call it nine feet tall with very long arms and legs and a blank face and like a fedora like kind of a a more like 40s look and that's the slender man that's where it was born but what kind of got it going was along with like maybe the two or three images that he created with this thing were some bits of very evocative text that kind of started going i should try and find these and, and like read them real quick to give you a flavor while you're doing that maybe i'll continue to sort of just unpack what i know which isn't much but but mm-hmm. this is you know a character that i think a lot of people probably won't have a familiarity with he's not like freddy krueger or jack the ripper this guy's a little more off to the side but if you hang out a lot online you may have seen some of these images so uh yeah so okay so he gets his origins now as i've learned from uh, something awful but uh gets kind of passed around online through these uh, a lot of photoshops and things like that. The only thing I think I can really offer you beyond that is that there was this horrible news story. Yeah, I figured we'd touch on this. Who, yeah, yeah who, who, who ended up killing another kid, I think, uh, you know, for the Slender Man. Uh, well, I, I two, two things there. One, thank, thank goodness the victim survived. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. But, so the Slender Man was not satiated. No, but that was their stated motive. Um, the, this is right. in uh, Waukesha, I think, Wisconsin. In uh, 2014, this pair of 12-year-old girls uh, lured one of their classmates to the woods, stabbed her. One of them stabbed her like 19 times. The other one apparently just stood there and watched, I think, supposedly what happened. Um, But Mm. stabbed this girl 19 times. Somehow she managed to get away, crawl to safety, and find help and uh, was hospitalized and, and ultimately came through it. The girls were tried and were found not guilty by reason of insanity. And were ultimately, I think, in 2018, committed to some sort of a facility for... What's interesting to me is their story is the beginning of another urban legend. <laughs> it just hasn't gotten to the, its final stage yet. Yeah. They were found not guilty by reason of insanity. And, you know, these 12-year-old girls are going to eventually have their own their own myth someday. It kind of seems that way. There was a, an HBO documentary about it called, I think, Beware the Slender Man, something like that, uh, which I started to watch, mm. but... Uh, and then I'm sure Bloomhouse must have done a movie or something at some point. You're right. right? There was a 2018 yeah. movie made, and I was gonna I was like I was gonna watch it as preparation for this podcast, and then I saw it. I has, would never ask you to do something like that, Doug. Well, I saw it had like an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could rent this thing for three dollars, but fuck it, I could die of COVID you know tomorrow, what? and it's you know not what? worth it. Zero <laughs> percent. Sure. 8%? That's just not enjoyable. That's yeah. just a bad time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're right. If it was all the way down to zero, I'd go like, I could make some fun out of this, but no, no, no. Not yeah, at you eight. You can't do 8%. Yeah. Uh, and that pretty much wraps it up. I know that he gets his origins online. There was that weird story with those kids. And he's just very, very thin. Those are the things <laughs> I can tell you about Slender Man. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he has a method of killing you but i don't know what it is kind of and kind of not um and again this is an interesting character because we've talked a lot about characters some of which are very definite and others which have kind of a looser version of like the canon right right? you have like lex Luthor, who's got you know maybe four or five kind of distinct incarnations for the most part right so there's still some sense of a a continuity with him uh, or there's like Dracula who they've made, you know, a hundred movies of, but they are all still pretty consistent in terms of what the rules for vampires are. And this is pretty far on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, this is a cranium all play. You know, the the kind of the essence, 
the essence of what this you thing- can still play cranium. <laughs> the, oh boy, the, it's a it's a doodle off or whatever they yeah. call. The essence of what this is is that it is an amalgam of things that people are contributing to online. Right. Everybody makes up their own stories about. We Slender haven't Man. gotten the definitive Slender Man performance yet. We're gonna get there, but not maybe, yet. maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe I think where this thrives is that it is. Um, you know, everyone makes up their own little story, and there isn't a a strong candidate. I mean, this is kind this of is the camp- boogeyman quality of the Slender Man. Yeah, it's like a campfire ghost story. You know, I, and I don't know yeah. that something that this this is basically this has all of the feeling of folklore, but for the fact that it's only been around for eleven years and was created as a Photoshop contest. You know, if you yeah. take that if you take that out of the equation. I think probably one of the reasons it did propagate and work is because it it has all of the like the tropes and the feeling of something like that. Let me read some. I tracked down this text, sure. and you'll sure. see when why. You're telling this ghost story on a campfire. Definitely don't start with it began as a Photoshop cut. Yes, <laughs> a lot. You know what's That's sad? Is a lot of kids. a lot of creepy pastas. Like this is probably the most famous creepy pasta story. Um, and there's a few others, but a lot of them are that lame, where it was like they made an episode of the Muppet Babies and they never aired it because if you saw it, you'd go mad. And you're like, that's it? <laughs> that's your internet, like, you know, uh, ghost story? There's so much you have to explain about that. Who are the Muppets? Who are the Muppet Babies? It's just a lot for a kid. Yeah. Uh, so here's some of this text that, um, that went with the original images. So here's the first one. It's like, uh, this is attributed uh, 1980s. It's going to be really long. No, Doug. this is, this is okay. very short. So uh, 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. And the, and the quote is, we didn't want to go. We didn't want to kill them. But it's persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. And that's Ooh. it. That's all you get. Ooh. Right. Ambiguity. Yeah, like there's something about that, like, it, you know, it, you're just sort of playing on the the reader's, like, notions of ghost stories and horror. You're kind of bringing up those right. concepts without establishing a whole lot. And that gives you the freedom reading it to kind of run wild with it, with your imagination. It's sort of perfect for the Twitter generation, you know, can you scare somebody in uh, 140 characters or whatever? Kind of. That's exactly what it is. I mean, some of these stories, obviously, we get longer Slenderman stories, you get that movie you get other like more less um hollywood movies like people doing things on youtube or you get this is when you learn his real name is herschel slenderman right exactly he was mocked for his thin frame and swore vengeance on the corpulent (laughs) (laughs) um so here there are a few things about the character that kind of stay with it from iteration to iteration to as, as much as they can he tends to uh prey on children not adults it you, it snatches you with its outstretched arms or sometimes yeah, he has tentacles. like long arms. They're kind of too long for his body a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're you know, unnaturally long and weird. Yeah, in fact, you know, painting a picture, I'm just remembering that you may not have any association with Slenderman, who's li- the people listening. He has like no face. Right. Uh, right, his face is usually, or it's very obscured. You can't see it. It's either tall, wearing a suit, like as you described. Yeah, the face is either and, blank or it's blurry. Yeah. Yeah, blank, blurry. Very tall, very thin, long arms, kind of out in the misty darkness of the woods. Yeah. And he can teleport. So he could like show up, you know, he's out there like, you know, 50 yards away. And then all of a sudden he's right up next to you. Um, He can sometimes in versions of the story, he sends out these like black tendrils that kind of wrap you up. Um, But what's interesting is I, I and what I like about this part of it is. The stories are generally not gory or gruesome in terms of like murder. He's not like Freddy slashing you with his glove. A lot of these stories end with just like, and they were never heard from again. You know, it's it's just that's very yeah. campfire story. Absolutely, and there is something to that that's kind of scarier than just a definitive like it killed them. This is what we've talked about a lot of this podcast. A lot of these characters we've talked about, they're they're scariest when they're not as clearly defined, or there's sort of room for you to insert your own. Fear. Yeah, there's there's that aspect to it, and I also think that there's an aspect to it which is like when you're talking about uh, a character that preys on children, not knowing their fate can be scarier than knowing that they died. Like as a parent, like that could be, you know, I couldn't. As much as you think of like the worst tragedy that could happen is your children dying, I think even worse is not knowing like that they're missing, and you can't sure, you can't sure. even process that that grief or tragedy it's because funny. you don't know. 
I, you're you're a parent, so that's obviously going to be a bigger deal for you. And I'm a person without empathy, so I can't understand right. sure. what that would be like. But when you said, like, it could be anything, I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he grew up to become a certified public accountant with the series of failed marriages. Well, there is. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you know, years of therapy, you know, like, that's what I was thinking. But, uh, but you're right. Missing is worse than that. I think so. And there's also uh, another thing that kind of pops up in it from time to time where the, the children that are taken are – in some respect, either altered or at least press ganged into Slender Man's service in some way, mm. um, which is also kind of creepy that they end up sort of as a servant of this entity. Um, and it kind of uh, – you can see sort of the influences that go into it. Like, So this is one of the ingredients is this uh, – the idea of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Um, yeah. So that's in there. Um, so I guess we should probably define that. It, it takes place in the 1200s and he is a uh, – retained by the city of Hamlin to rid them of their rat problem during the plague times. So he plays a magic pipe and he leads all the rats away. Uh, and when he goes back to be paid, he is uh, the mayor stiffs him and doesn't pay him for what he did. So in revenge, he uses the pipe on the children of the town and, and it leads turns them out all away. The same, the same method that lures rats can just be slightly modified to lure children. We well, just play a different tune they really like. You know, <laughs> yeah, you just play Baby Shark. Right. And then they just go right off the... Right out of town. Where do, I guess in that story, we don't. He just gets rid of them. Is that they just? Well, that's away exactly. It, it's, a, it's the same ending, right? It's, you know, and they were never heard from again. We don't know what happened. Right. To them. And yeah. so it's it's that exact. He he pied the Slender Man pied Piper's children. He doesn't necessarily, you know, he doesn't skin them alive or whatever. We don't know. Um, mm. And so you've got that ingredient. Uh, you've also got a Lovecraft okay. ingredient in there, where like encounters. Here we are again know. at Lovecraft. Yes. Yeah. Oh, not, the not, tendrils. Not just the tendrils. It's more the uh, encounters with the Slender Man will uh, drive you insane. Sure. The, the, you have the uh, the knowledge of it. Investigating the Slender Man tends to um, bring him out. So uh, you you have that. Sorry, like, not acknowledgement of the Slender Man. Is that what you said? No investigation. So like you go, the more you the more you learn about the Slender Man, the more likely you are to have him you know appear. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's like this feedback loop. <laughs> it's a it's a really uh, what, what am I looking for? It's 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 resonant because when you're afraid of something. Like, you know, you go on WebMD if you think you've got some sort of medical problem. And the more you learn about things, the, the more it seems real to you. Right. So that's actually really relatable. Like, the more you learn about Slenderman, the more likely he is to be right there behind you. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that is, to me, this is an, an easy layup for horror is to say, like, you know, the knowledge of the thing worsens the problem. Right. The more the main character. It's a little story, like the ring. You know, you watch the ring video. Uh Oh, you watched it. Now you're going to die. It's that. And also like, but also you are, it's the compulsion to watch it. Right. It's like for, for the first part of that movie, it's like, should we watch this thing? And inevitably that yeah. temptation gets you and you're it's like, like, we I got this new VCR. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, well, it's like Hellraiser to me. I always thought Hellraiser was one of the funnier ones because there's this evil demonic puzzle box. It's a Rubik's cube solve. from the devil. Yeah. Right. And if you solve it, you get dragged into a dimension of like eternal pain and suffering. And I'm like, this is a really easy one to avoid. Yeah. What's <laughs> the- all, I don't like puzzles to begin with. So this is going to be <laughs> fine. Then I thought about it. And I was like, no, this is this uh, death wish that we all kind of have, you know, this Freudian death wish that people are still compelled to like solve the puzzle box. They want to know. They want to know what's on the other side. What is that forbidden knowledge? Oh, so yeah. it, it actually, in a weird way, does speak to... Well, forbidden knowledge, this idea of forbidden knowledge, I think that's a very old concept. It goes all the way back to Genesis. Yeah, you've got the forbidden knowledge concept, but also not just that it's forbidden, but that it is harmful, right? Like the knowledge in Genesis, I, the way I read it, is not necessarily harmful. It's like basic knowledge of good and evil. Um, it results in harm to Adam and Eve for having done it. That's how the story goes. But there's also like black science, right? This idea of like, no, we delve too deep. That's not a, an exclu- Black science? Isn't he a superhero from the 70s? Yes. <laughs> Um, but that's not an exclusively Lovecraftian. I mean, that's Frankenstein, right? That's you know, the idea of like, you know, we there are some things we weren't meant to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stay in your lane, humans. Yeah, pretty much. And so I, I, I think that is a good fit for a character that's being sort of assembled by any random person that decides to add their little piece to the story. That's a, a solid piece to use. Yeah, so you got that. You got the Lovecraftian forbidden knowledge. 
what else? That's about it, man. That's, oh, that's know, about it. <laughs> you know, I, there's, Sorry, I was setting you up, and no, uh, I didn't no. Uh, you know, there, the Slender Man is you know defined by a way in a way by what's not there versus what is there. Um, yeah, know, he's the jazz of monsters. It's the notes you don't play. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I, I mean, what, I think it works. You know, but that, you look at like, well, there's a million of these creepy pastas on the internet. Why did this catch fire? And I think the reason, part of it is, you know, every the fun of people getting to add their own piece to it, right? No, you can write your own fan fiction of anybody, I suppose. But yeah. you know, and I do. But that <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, I continue his adventures. <laughs> what will he eat next? I don't, people are crying out for more Anthony Bourdain, and I supply it. There, Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with this. Keep going. There's an andouille <laughs> sausage out there that is untasted. <laughs> um. Uh, no, but there's there, there is a sense of like you know I get to participate in this you know like there you are building onto the Slender Man as opposed to just hey I'm gonna write my own um, you know Phantom of the Opera romantic fan fiction that nobody's going to read or care about you know I, the, I appreciate it Doug I liked it liked you oh my fan fiction uh, <laughs> yeah you're your Phantom of the uh, Opera fan a mask too far you you read it. <laughs> <laughs> I have some notes on the title, but yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I, I think that's why, like, I think if it had a more definitive core, the audience for it wouldn't get to have that experience, right? Like, you, the, yeah. the fact that it remains undefined by its nature um, is what makes this sort of special. I do think it, you know, it benefited at the beginning from having a pretty iconic appearance. Like, it is a little hard, I think, you know, when you think about all the monsters that we sort of associate as kind of like the big ones, um, you know, if you were tasked to like come up with a new Freddy Krueger, come up with a new Jason Voorhees, um, what would that look like? You know, how would you create a new monster to add to the canon? And it's probably a lot yeah. harder than you think. I think that I can't really back this up, but I feel like with monsters, some kind of incongruity in the design is always sort of interesting because it like it sort of implies a, a, a deeper story. And so this, he's got a suit on. That's I, I like, wanted I to talk about that. He's not, yeah. Yeah. He's not just like monster that's roaming the woods. He's got a suit. That means there's a slender tailor out there. I had the same thought. His deal. I literally had you know? that same thought, which is like, you know, there are, um, I was thinking about other kind of suited villains. And there is something to that because a suit is a very human piece of clothing, right? This is kind of unique to us. It's not, you know, it's not functional. It's not armor. Yeah, very um, few other species wear suits. Well, it's just like a couple of marsupials, <laughs> but that's it. But you could think of like, you know, what, a, you know, and you could imagine an alien species, an intelligent species would design clothes to wear, you know, watch Star Trek. None of the other aliens wear suits, you know, like it's a, <laughs> it's a very like, specific and this is and he's wearing like a 40s kind of looking suit too there's a very kind of um well yeah so the first place your mind goes is sort of like this is like a doppelganger or some kind of like facsimile you know it's 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 created a kind of look to maybe kind of pass but not really you know that's what it sort of implies to me yeah it's making an attempt to appear human in some respects right which, by the way, has an actual reference point in nature. There are species that do that, right? That that emulate other harmless species or create an like I think of anglerfish. They have like that attracting light that that lures prey. Here's an entity that maybe is sort of putting on something that's like, nah, look, I'm a normal uh, human guy. You know, you don't got to worry about me. You just don't look too close. close to my tendrils. Yeah. I think so. I, w- I was thinking about there's um, other suited villains because of the same concept. Uh, and the two came to mind. One, um, I were, did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right. So there is a very famous episode of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Hush. Where oh yeah oh those yeah those guys in Hush totally right. So in that episode, Buffy and the Scooby Gang, uh, or at least m- most of the Scooby Gang, are robbed of their voice. They can't right. speak. Right, it's a completely silent episode for the most part. Yeah, and the villains that do this are, uh, they sort of look like Nosferatu wearing a suit and a fedora. But basically the same stuff that the Slender Man is wearing, and it has a similar kind of vibe to it. They don't yeah, talk either. You're right, you're right. Yeah, Slender Man definitely has a debt to that design. And, I, and I, it is, I think it's scary for the same reason, right? It implies like a society amongst these villains and whether they're trying to pass for ours or they come from like an altered dimension where, 
humans have gone off in some alternate evolutionary path, but it implies a, an uncomfortable link to us. Uh, right. It was sort of the uncanny valley space. Yeah, absolutely. You right. want to talk about what and that the is? The uncanny valley to define is this concept that when something looks almost human, but not quite like it's just a little off, it's more unnerving than when it doesn't look human at all. Yeah. So a cartoon. Yeah, like R2-D2 is adorable and cute. C-3PO gets a little closer to, to unnerving, not quite. But then when you see like Polar Express, you want to vomit because something's deeply, deeply wrong here. Yeah, and your brain is... what the Uncanny Valley is. Your brain's going like, are these walking corpses? You know, what? Are, what is this? Because... Well, that's right, because on the valley that has things like dead bodies and things like that, things that look... And that's probably where it comes from, right? There's like this revulsion to something that's not human enough, but still human-ish. Well, and, and also... That's that's the thing that's kind of weird about it. That's the uncanny valley. Yeah. And also, you know, we are designed, evolutionarily speaking, um, we rely heavily on our ability to read other people's faces for, you know, emotional content. You know, can I trust this person? What are they, what are they giving me in terms of vibes? And Do they so, have a, a a bat in their cave, right? And when oh, you're, boogie. yeah, and when you're, <laughs> uh, when that stops working, right, well, you know, you it's unsettling, right? You know, like you're, you're normally like, well, I'm, I'm used to talking to a person, and all of my like subconscious like detectors are going haywire because of the Polar Express. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they're like that's not Tom Hanks. That's because you know. of basically because what of what Polar Express did to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, that's right. So th- those characters and then Slenderman, they really are, they get to this core uh, revulsion, this uncanny valley. Yeah, it's like us, but not quite. Uh, the other one I thought of was the G-Man from the Half-Life series of video games. Um, did you ever play those games? You dork. I know. Yeah, no, I know who he is. <laughs> yeah. So he is in uh, some sort of interdimensional entity that, you know, you can you get the feeling like this is a character that, you know, it's pretending to look like a human, but underneath it's some other kind of being, right? It's projecting the image of a, a man in a suit. Suits in general are intimidating because when you get fucked over in life, it's often by somebody wearing a suit. It does connote <laughs> you get power. Denied that bank loan or Yeah, yeah it connotes that's some right. kind it is. of power. it's power. And so yeah, he he also I mean he talks, uh the G Man speaks, although his speech patterns it's hard to call it an accent. It's like the accent version of an uncanny valley where it's like, well, no, no person I know would put their inflection on words this way. Something's off. For what do you mean, well, dog? That, well, now you're just Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I'm the slender man. <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> I'm fed up with this world. Uh, <laughs> I just want to grab children. I want to. <laughs> um, he is tall and slender and wears a suit, but uh, the, wait a minute, the hair gives it right. Away. Tommy Wiseau is the Slender Man. Um, so that that's kind of the Half Life version of something like the Slender Man. Apparently, in some of the um, there's been a couple of Slender Man video games, and I don't know if he in the movie, but apparently he does communicate. Something in some way. I don't know if he actually talks, but the the entries I read about this described him as you know telling a character something. How that that is communication has gotten across, I don't know. So I don't know what the yeah. Slender Man is supposed to sound like. He's it just like, like, I need these uh, five gems, and you have to go collect them. Right. <laughs> I am the Slender Man. <laughs> it seems like usually the sound that I've seen for things like that, what they do with the sound design is it's a lot of like very digital uh, artifacting. Kind of, you know, screeches. Okay, and just like audio. garbled and yeah. Yeah, like the signal is getting ruined or corrupted. Probably. Like the teacher in Peanuts. Yes, like the teacher in Peanuts. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, it's it's you know it's an interesting thing. The Slender Man. Did you in your research encounter any other similar type characters that sort of occupy this internet space? Yeah, there's a couple other creepy posses that that kind of uh, bubble up to the surface. One was called Dan the Caver. Um, who is not it, like? Because I don't know that this is. I'm terrified. Uh, yeah, he's not the he's not the terrifying thing though. He's the protagonist of the story. So he's basically he's a guy who goes cave like splunking, and the, uh-huh. the story was you know obviously as he gets he's leaving notes or something behind, but as he's getting deeper and deeper into the cave, he's going mad or seeing things, and it's getting scary. And then the <laughs> I other love that one. Trope. Have we talked about that trope? It, that thing of like. It's definitely a video game thing where you're going insane and like, but you make sure to leave journal entries. So audio logs, yeah. 
Because <laughs> uh, if there's one thing I do, it's anytime I'm, if something interesting happens, I stop and record some audio about it and then just leave that tape lying somewhere convenient. Right. I do graffiti. That's interesting that you do that. I put graffiti on the wall. Right. That's a good one. That's a classic. So there was that one and there was another one called... I think it's like Jeff the Killer or something. It's really vague. Like another one that's kind of like <laughs> bland in terms of its title. Um, yeah. uh, and this is one where like. And there's Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that one. The horror. Yeah. <laughs> the horror. Anyway, no, uh, so this one was about a guy who I think his brother or something or him is like menaced by bullies and he kind of fights him off. And then they come back the second time and he kills them. In, like, self-defense, but he's very disturbed by it, and he starts losing sleep, and he he goes home, and at a certain point, he says, I'm not going to sleep. He, like, cuts his own eyelids off and cuts, like, a a, like a, a, a Glasgow smile into <laughs> his face. Went right to that. Didn't didn't try a benzo, just right. cut his own eyelids. <laughs> I'm shortcutting the story, too. There was more to it, I think. But basically, he does that, and then goes off and becomes a serial killer or something, or, or becomes he dies and his ghost okay. kills people. I can see why these are not as popular as the Slender Man. Yeah. I see why. And I'll admit maybe I'm not doing them justice, but I think they are, you know, these were, again, just sort of prominent creepypastas. But to be a crom- a prominent creepypasta. A cromulent. A cro- it embiggens the smallest man. <laughs> um, I think to be a popular creepypasta... What you need is the same thing that you need for any of the kind of like those folklorish campfire stories that we were talking about, right? The germ of an idea. Just like, again, that that very beginning seed of something that says, you know, that uh, there was a, a tragedy and it was, you know, a, a mystery that went unsolved. There was, you know, a person uh, was you know disfigured and now haunts these woods. Just the barest minimum is all you need to fire the imagination as to what's left. And I think Slender Man is better than those other two, not only because the the name is better, but we've got yeah, but yeah, we've got not, that image. It's not Joe, the Slender Man. Right. So that already helps him significantly. But you've also got that image, right? That like that is the, the goal of that Photoshop contest was create an unsettling image. And they are unsettling images, even though it's literally just a playground or you know, a park or something, and this thing is in the background, way, way in the background. But I feel like that's a pretty good trope in and of itself, right? You talk, you think about like uh, footage of Bigfoot, you know, like the blurry footage of Bigfoot, um, or other horror movies will uh, will do this. Like the recent adaptation of It is a good example, where like you blink and you miss it, but like Pennywise is in you know graffiti in the background, or he's he is there and you you just barely notice him for a couple of frames. I think that kind of stuff is pretty effective. Uh, so when I, we get into this, what is enduring about Slenderman question? Because, yeah, you could get into, like, uncertainty, ambiguity, there's a lot of space to insert shit. That's fine. We see that in a lot of other characters, too. So it's not unique to Slenderman, but maybe what you're talking about is a ubiquity. Like, he can sort of be anywhere. He's sort of in the distance. Do you see that? It's that It's that shadow on the wall that when you wake up and you see, it gives you a start. It's that kind of... And it started with imagery. It started with just this visual... Is that some of it? Is that to you, Doug, that it's like that it kind of is a there's a visceral visual revulsion to Slender Man? I think you're right. I think I think that's part of why this thing has has uh, it kind of launched and stuck around the way it did. Um, sad to say, I do think the stabbing in Waukesha does help the legend grow. I mean, a lot of people who had never heard of Slender Man heard about it that way. Um, and HBO, by doing a documentary on that event, perpetuated it further. And again, well, I think that's, that it. happens with a lot of uh, these kinds of stories. There's some sort of actual real-life tragedy that spawns or furthers, you know, a legend. Well, and I think it's what's interesting, I mean, it's a little hard to... You can't really ascribe that, that violence to Slender Man because, you know, you're talking about two people that were obviously disturbed enough to be found not guilty by reason of insanity. Did they call him to testify? They did not. Um, but, you know, they talked about... <laughs> They they talk wah, about wah, wanting wah, to wah, wah, wah. sorry you know, their their rationale such as it was was that you know they were doing this to appease the Slender Man so that he wouldn't harm their own families like it was some sort of like I had to because he made me um, you know kids that, have that you know I don't know if you had this Doug but when I was a kid I had a certain degree of sort of magical thinking and uh, maybe obsessive issues you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, nothing that I sought help for but I think that's kind of a a developmental phase for a lot of kids. Well, and I think it's a developmental phase that usually comes earlier and people grow out of it. And there's a, 
there's definitely something with these two girls that, you know, like I said, they must have had pretty significant mental problems because not to put on my lawyer hat for a moment, but to be found not guilty of reason of, by reason of insanity, it's something you see in like, you know, movies and law and order and shit. But in reality, that is not an easy defense to pull off. If they got off by reason of insanity, I'd buy that, you know, if you would have to convince 12 people of that, they must have had some pretty compelling evidence that this wasn't them just pulling a, uh, uh, what's his, uh, Ed Norton in Primal a Fear. A Primal Fear, yeah. Yeah, no, they, you... Ooh, he'd be a good one. Uh, uh, Ed Norton specifically. Yeah, just... Very a... difficult to work with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. I, I think, you know, they're... Uh, so, so, yeah. But kind of getting back to your original question, which was, you know, why does this endure? I, I think part of it is everyone can play along. Combined with, I think, you know, it's refreshing to have kind of a unique new villain... Um, it's sort of like when you think about yeah, like in this age of reboots, I mean, he's a fresh idea. It is a fresh, I mean, I mean, you know, I guess the, the movie they made in 2018 didn't work. That doesn't mean a future Slender Man story could not work. It just hasn't been done yet. Um, to my knowledge, uh, I know, I think there was an effort to make a movie out of some of the stuff that had been done as like YouTube or smaller projects to build that into a movie. Like a um, fan, uh, fic- well, no, like, fan. like they, they thought the fan thing was good enough to that maybe there's interest to make a more, um, I see a studio production of that or build on that idea. But the character itself, I think, going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, it is a boogeyman, you know, and that idea has been around forever. Some kind of booger man, <laughs> I knew that that was gonna work its way in somewhere. <laughs> this booger man, some uh, sort of. Boogerman. Uh, uh, I hope, listeners, man. you enjoy The Simpsons as much as we do, because otherwise we're <laughs> yeah. wasting some time. I, I hope you're a man in your late 30s, uh, early 40s, and mm. uh, grew up with The Simpsons. That's our hope for you. Yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, not just men, anybody who is in that age range. Seasons 1 through 13 or so. That's, or Well, 2 through 13. One's not great. Oh, you're very forgiving. Mm. I would say 4 through 10. All right. Interesting. No, there's some good stuff in the, those other uh, seasons as well, but anyway, Tamako was where I where that was the last good one that I remember. Oh, that's so good that episode. Um, <laughs> that's so we really good. should just be doing a Simpsons podcast. Yeah, it's been it's a crowded done. field. Been, I'm sure it's been done. Slenderman, it, it does all of the things that the Boogeyman does. Um, you know, it, it seizes on like your basic childhood fears of you know the uh, uh, someone in the dark who's going to menace you in some way. It is he's transformative, right? Like he he takes you and does something to you, and you're you know you're not dead apparently. Right. He has elements of a lot of our characters that we've talked about. Dracula, definitely. Right. He transforms you. Boilerplate for that. Yeah. So well, and it's almost a little hard to say is this Slender Man going to endure? Because you know this is our our youngest in a way villain that we've done. I mean, you think about Medusa's lasted for thousands of years with not a whole lot more in terms of like lore or characterization. So. It doesn't necessarily take much if you've got a good hook. So it's, literally, you have to have a hook. Yeah, Does he have a hook. <laughs> he's not that I know of. No, no, literally. Well, then uh, he's shit out of luck. Yeah. Well, look, we're trying to plant the flag in different places with this podcast and with Slender Man. We're in the very modern era. He's a 21st century digital boy. You know, he's a 21st century villain, and uh, we will see. Time will tell. Yeah, if, and he if he has staying power. I mean, can anyone be as popular as the Beatles in this day and age in this uh, stratified climate? I don't know. I, I agree with that. Um, I, we should do uh, we should do the alignment, and I think this is hard um, because just like with our Again, Lovecraft, D and D moral alignment, right? Lawful, of, neutral, or chaotic evil. Yes. Um, I think this is a hard one because just like with our Lovecraft episode uh, with with Cthulhu, we're not given anything about Slender Man's intentions. And the intent is kind of what defines this. So it probably not lawful, but so probably neutral or chaotic. But beyond that, I don't know if we could be any more definite. Mm, I think he just wants to go viral. I just think he wants (laughs) likes and retweets. So that to me is definitely... Chaotic, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, he kind of lives in that in, in that space where you can't really tell, you can't divine his intentions. So, um, yeah, he is. You're right. He's very unknowable. Yeah, I guess we would go. I, I think you're probably chaotic, given what we know, because it doesn't. I can't even picture what a motive. Usually, the the, the neutral evil is like self interested, right? It's you know Capone. Trying to get rich and not caring who gets hurt in the process. Right. If Slenderman is robbing banks on the side, I'm going to be very disappointed. 
Yeah, so I I would lean more towards chaotic than anything else because so far all we know is like suffering of children, which is you know. If I can be perfectly honest, I don't know that I'm a huge fan of this because mm-hmm. he does seem like he's like so many things these days cobbled together from pieces of other things. Mm-hmm. You know, he is kind of the ultimate sort of sample of like, you know, sampling other works and putting them together. <laughs> he's Paul's Rap boutique. Rap music's not real music. No, yeah. sorry. What? <laughs> he's Paul's boutique. Uh, yeah, he just, it's like when you get older, you just start to go like, oh, I see what this is. This is like this other thing. And it was done better when, you know, Gregory Peck did it. So uh, I do feel that way a little bit about Slenderman. Everything you say about him, I'm like, yeah, but there's like this other guy that we already talked about or thought about that that does a little bit better. He's notable for the fact that he exists in this social media space that is interesting and unique to him. But that makes him kind of like the YouTube star of the monster world. Yeah, he is an Instagram influencer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of a, of yeah, a he's like Justin Bieber's hanging out with Dracula and Hannibal Lecter. And I'm like, well, I mean, you're scary, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a very specific way. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I mean, I don't know that Slender Man necessarily is the best villain. And maybe like you said, you know, he needs more time to cook. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, but we're not starting. If this isn't, let's like, see where he goes. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like you know something like Dracula, where it's fully formed in a novel, and then we're adapting a novel and working off of you know, a fair amount of content about this character. We're starting from almost nothing and building on nothing. Well, this is you see, know? I honestly, again, I'm going to date myself a little bit because this bothers me about the internet too. Things are like these works in progress all the fucking time. I mean, video games. Used to be you got a game on a floppy disk, and that was the game. Four like floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, but it was done. They put it on, it was done. You got patches, you got all this stuff. Now you're playing betas, and like it's not done, and it's kickstarted. Send us more money so we can finish the thing. And Slenderman feels like that to me. You're talking about this book that Bram Stoker wrote, and it was done. Here's the idea. Start to finish, it's done. And now we've got this like these endless... Works in progress and reboots and reimaginings and patches and cats even, for fuck's sake. Cats had a patch. <laughs> Do you remember this? It was the theaters and they are like, we improved the effects. And they sent out like a new version of the movie while it was in theaters. This is the problem with the digital age. It's so immediate. You can just kind of redo and change things. And maybe that sort of promotes a sloppiness. Yeah, I mean, also, it's it's almost even hard to ascribe something like that to Slender Man because it wasn't a project. You know, it wasn't, let's, you know, let's make a Slender Man. It was, you know, I, I, you know, one guy does a couple of photoshopped images. Another person writes a little story. Another person writes their own little story. Like, no, there was no guiding hand to any of it. Um, and, and yet I, it still sort of represents that idea to me that it's sort of like this hodgepodge versus some kind of complete work. Yeah, and I think, but I think that's what makes this notable. I think this is, you know, there's not going to be anything else like this in anything we cover. It, it is, I think, that's what makes this interesting. Um, yeah. Whether it makes it successful or not, I, I tend to agree more with you. I think it just isn't fully formed enough to be much of a villain, except for the fact that, like, does I don't know that it needs to be any more fully formed because all we're talking, it's like a campfire story, you know, that you you could tell someone. In you know a couple of minutes or less. Yeah, it's a digital know? campfire story, and the way campfire stories always go is like you've got your version, I've got mine. I heard it over here. You heard it on the East Coast. You know, it's a little different. It changes totally. Yeah, totally. and I, I think this may be an issue we you know we'll run into again with something that, even with something that is more fully formed if it's short, like a fairy tale. You know, if uh, if we were to cover uh, Rumpelstiltskin, right, and do an episode on Rumpelstiltskin, could we? Spend an hour talking okay, about episode that. Episode 372, Rumpelstiltskin. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, uh, this is the problem of, of a short work. I, I mean, a, a villain in a short work can be thoroughly effective and memorable. I mean, we all know that story. We all know Rumpelstiltskin, right? We all heard that growing up and it endured. But is there, you know, could you make a Rumpelstiltskin movie? Uh, I don't know. That was a challenge Disney had when they were adapting fairy tales, too, no. which is like, shit, how do Tell I take a story? Hugh Jackman, who will be playing Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> this summer. Yeah. In Stiltskin. <laughs> um, Origins. You know, but <laughs> you take something, you take a fairy tale that's like, hey, I can read this to my kid at night in five minutes. And they want me to make an entire movie musical out of it. How do I do it? Um, that was a challenge Disney faced over and over again. So you can build something off of the short work, but I think for something like Slender Man, like you know, there, there's not, there's just not enough there. It doesn't make it necessarily a bad villain, but it means that this is not as deep a well 
as some of the other stuff we've covered. Yeah. I'm sorry, Slender Man. We're just not that into, into you. you. Uh, but also, you know, if you want credit for this class, you do have to listen to the Slender Man episodes. Well, no, I, you know. For a complete picture of the villain landscape. Well, and that doesn't mean we have to be in love with every villain we cover either. No, and I think, no, and I don't, and I don't want to hide it. No, I, I think uh, pretend. we, the goal here no, is to, interesting, but I think, not as much as some of these guys. Yeah, I think it's important to, to look at these things as kind of a, a, a you know, a, a fair appraisal of that character. And um, the problem is, you know, like as you get older, you just, the new stuff doesn't, you just don't like it as much. It'll happen to you, young listener. That's right. You'll get to our age and you'll find out that the things you liked when you were younger are the things you still like. And now they got new stuff and you're just like, yeah, it is good. That's just what happens. Yep. So Slenderman to me is a little bit like that. He's the new Coke, which is already an old reference for you, but whatever. Yeah. Um, now, before we go, though, two more things we got to do. One, could you fan cast the Slender Man? Yeah, well, I think we have a real life Slender Man. Jared Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the onion literally do a Slender Man bit with I him? think, you know, I don't know if it was the onion. I, that's maybe being a little cheap because I've seen this around. I'm definitely borrowing from the internet here where they, they, he's on the cover of Time magazine. They, mm-hmm. they, and you could tell that Time and the photographer were like, they were not fans. I mean, he just looks like this gawky monstrosity on the cover of it. But, you know, there is something unnerving about Jared Kushner. He is human-like. Uh, so, you know. Uh, He's in the Uncanny Valley for sure. Yeah, I think he does exist in the Uncanny Valley. I for sure believe that. There's nobody who's like, who looks, beholds Jared Kushner and goes like, yeah, there's a guy I want around. So uh, he makes me feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fan casting Jared I Kushner. I want to put him in charge of the peace talks in the Middle East. Uh, so that would be my initial response. I mean, uh, Stephen Merchant has also got the frame for it. Yeah, there's uh, a bunch of people. I, I, I'm, yeah, you're thinking about it based purely on physical, like you know, just they're tall and lanky. Yeah, just bring in Jim Carrey. He's tall and skinny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who do you who do you got? I got Willem Dafoe. I think that was the first person that came to my mind because he's pretty lanky or like Iggy Pop. Again, it's all based on like frame. You know. Um, yeah. Well, but this is a character that was born out of visuals, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you know what a, an actor would bring to that role. I mean, we've there've been obviously performances by live action humans doing that it's like but it's the guys you expect it's like doug jones who does all of the like yeah um, doug jones like actually doug jones would probably get it honestly that, he that did get like it. the job they would give him. <laughs> right. oh was he played him in the movie uh i forget one of the film projects that was done he did it yeah was it doug jones it was yeah, doug jones that makes sense that makes sense. Um, well yeah i think he's such a visual character and so he has to kind of convey this menace with with his presence and you know Willem Dafoe is one of our most unsettling <laughs> visuals <laughs> that we have as a society yeah. so I, I think I think he's a good choice it reminds me I yeah. gotta watch the lighthouse anyway go ahead uh oh yeah no Jen was watching that recently and uh, it seems very weird uh yeah so I, I'll go with that I, I I appreciate all of your answers and mine are just jokes um <laughs> that's that's but that's how this podcast the, works right yeah you bring the the facts I do the I book report the yeah I was like, yeah, exactly. And I go, hey, Doug, can I copy your work? <laughs> can I copy your answers? So then uh, then you got the battle between this week and last week's villain. And we've got Slenderman v... Cruella DeVille. Oh, Cruella DeVille. Similar frame. Uh, yeah. Well, well um, how can we make this interesting? Cruella DeVille, she's, she's in her dilapidated mansion. She looks out the window and she sees this thing in the woods. And she's, I mean, does he only, is he only interested? This is the Freddy Krueger conundrum. Is he only interested in kids or would he, would he, would he, would he engage? You mean, um, I don't think, I don't think Slender Man is exclusively children the way Freddy is. I think he, yeah, he tends to prey on children, but I don't know that he only preys on children. So you have that, but here's, here's where, here's my angle. Slender Man needs a tailor. Uh-huh. So, so they're both competing for for uh, for fabrics and furs. Okay. So uh, maybe um, maybe this is how they're cross purposes. Okay, right. So he wants a new suit. She wants a new Dalmatian coat, and that's. About all I got. I didn't well, follow this thread all the way the, down. The pro- I mean, you know, Cruella, while an interesting character, is just not very menacing on a physical level because she doesn't like she doesn't have like ways to hurt you. You know, she's going after puppies. I mean, that's actually a degree below children in terms of vulnerability, right? So she's not someone who's going to like necessarily like knife you. I mean, it's it's tough to imagine how she would match up in a physical 
battle. She's definitely know? like, she's got some squirrely endurance. Like dur- during that car chase at the end of uh, 101 Dalmatians where she's like, yeah. you know, clearly she's gone insane. Yeah, um, when they built her, they forgot to put in the quit. Yes, that's, <laughs> that sounds like a meme. I don't know it specifically. But sure. <laughs> I think that's from uh, Buster Scruggs. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Mr. Scruggs was right. <laughs> um, I, I, and so that's one thing she has going for her is, you know, she's, she's scrappy and she doesn't uh, take no for an answer. But I don't know that's enough against a, a supernatural threat like this. That Well, again, you're just dealing with this undefined character. It's very, very challenging. Yeah, but, there, uh, I don't know of any Slenderman story where anyone gets the better of him, right? We don't know. How, it's not even like, you know, does is it garlic? Is it, you know, um, a silver bullet? What kills the Slenderman? We don't know. So right. it's a little unfair. I think more likely she would offer up some sort of offering to the Slenderman and, 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 appease and him. get something in return. And appease him. Yeah. Maybe she gets that coat because she'll bring him, you know, children or puppies or something. And like, it'll, it'll work out. But in the end, he betrays her because why not? He's the fucking Slender Man. <laughs> because we need a winner. <laughs> because don't trust the Slender Man. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Our... So I'm, I'm giving it to Slender Man. Cool. Uh, anything else we need to cover about uh, Mr. Herschel Slenderman before we, we sign off? Uh, no, I think he's, uh, you know, he's unique. Uh, he exists in the digital space, and like everything in the digital uh, universe, he's sort of inferior to things that are more analog. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about what's uh, coming up next week before we uh, want to? Do oh yeah, is it Blackbeard? Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing Blackbeard. Blackbeard next week. So that's a cool one. Yes, um, the pirate. We're our first pirate baddie, so that'll be great. Um, so tune in for that uh, as I go do my book report on Blackbeard. Because um, I got some uh, I got some boning up to do. I don't remember much about uh, Mr. Edward Thatch. Mr. Beard. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Beard. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about Blackbeard. I mean, pirates are, of course, always fun uh, until you start to actually learn about them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all that walk the plank but, uh, jazz is cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Blackbeard next week. Cool. Um, yeah, and then I guess we just got to do the uh, house Keeping. And, and again, I will remind you guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to hear more, then please, please go on. We only ask you to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter. Right, Doug? Yep. Uh, at our new uh, uh, handle, thank God, at, uh, at Podcast But Evil. Uh, so find us there uh, and tweet at us. Let, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know uh, who you'd like to see us cover, who you think would win in these battle matchups. Anything at all you want to tell us, uh, send it there. And uh, we will happily read it. We'd love to engage with you. So anything else? No, I right. think that's everything. Then we shouldn't toast to the end of the episode. Uh, until next time, gentlemen, to evil. Clink. Clink. <laughs>